Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of Meant to Bloom. I'm your host, Brittany Clarkson, and I am so excited today to be joined by Mickey Gardner. And I'm going to go ahead and let her uh, self-identify herself to you right now. Hey, Mickey. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation today. Um, and I'm glad to be able to talk to your listeners. I am, um, I guess, who am I, right? I'm a certified life and conscious parenting coach. I'm a podcast. I have my own podcast. It's called Co-Parenting with Confidence. Um, I'm an author. I just, a new book that just came out. And I'm most importantly, a mom to my 13-year-old son and a dog mom. So I can't forget my four-legged who's underneath me right now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of who I am. Um, I'm happy to share a little bit about how I got here, um, if you want, just so that we can sort of understand or... Yes, absolutely. We're talking co-parenting and um, let's absolutely hear how you got to this. Yeah. Um, I love hearing the story behind and the heart behind, you know, like, hey, here's why I'm talking about this. This is yeah. this something, right? Well, I always like to preface this conversation with, even if you're not divorced, you could be co-parenting because I define co-parenting as parenting with anyone that you don't agree with 100% of the time. So like, even when I was married, I was co-parenting. Um, even if you're a single mom and you're, you know, your parents help you or you have caregivers, whatever, right? I think this conversation can be so helpful for everyone. So I like to just sort of put that out there. Um, but, you know, like anybody else, who is in the co-parenting world um, from divorce or separation, I never intended to be here. Um, you know, I didn't get married and have kids and, and, you know, do all the things just to have it taken away. Um, you know, and for me, what happened was I really thought that I had checked all the boxes to have that happy life. I had a business, I had the house, I had the husband, I had the kid. You know, I had done all the things that I thought you were supposed to do. And then in what felt like an instant, looking back, I know it was not an instant, but that night it felt like an instant. Everything that I believed about my marriage was no longer true. And it was, the only word I can use is gutting. It was um, just de sheer devastation. And I went into the next, um, I think it was probably six to eight months of where I, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser and recovering perfectionist. Um, so I went full force into trying to make everything perfect and just, you know, be the best version of me and be the most amazing, you know, that it was all going to work out. Uh, it didn't clearly, <laughs> um, you know, and what I found through the journey was I ended up deciding that divorce was the option for our family. Um, I really wanted it to do it in a way that um, was different from what I saw either in the movies or, you know, sort of this idea of divorce. And, but I didn't know anybody, literally, I didn't know anybody who had been divorced. I was in my early thirties, all my friends weren't, no one in my family. So it's a really hard, lonely experience for me. And I really went inward, not in a positive way, but I hid and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And what I learned is that we can learn to post-divorce, no matter what has happened, we can choose how we're going to move forward. We get to choose what our family is going to look like. We get to choose what kind of mom, what kind of partner, what kind of co-parent we're going to be. And when we learn how to make those choices in a conscious, calm, and clear way, 
we have so much more confidence. And so that's what I'm so grateful that I get to do now as a coach in my one-on-one business is I really walk the journey, mostly with moms, but some dads, to really walk the journey as they learn to co-parent and they learn to rebuild after divorce and figure out what is the next step and what are we going to do now. And I just firmly believe that every parent and every mom has the power to change, or I'm sorry, to, to create a really harmonious environment for her children, regardless of what the other co-parent is doing. And so that is my mission that I'm on and uh, why I talk about co-parenting. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Yeah, I'm really, really appreciate what you said at the beginning um, that this is also for married couples because that's what really drew me to this was I have seen some couples recently who have divorced and they're like best friends Mm -hmm. and like they're just, they're bosses at parenting. And I'm like, wait, 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 you guys aren't together. You guys are like, like you spent your whole life together and now you're separate and you're dating different people and it's totally civil. And like, you guys are actually still a happy family. Like you guys. And then here I am like happily married, but we're just like knocking heads when it comes to parenting choices. And like, it's, it feels like being a single mom half the time because the, my husband's working so many hours. I'm like, I am I'm carrying all of this on my own. And then he comes in and it's like, yeah. and now I have to teach you how to parent in a way that you weren't raised parenting because mm-hmm. I on my own have decided we're going to raise the children differently. Like, yeah, it's yeah. So that it's was so much family management. And, um, yeah. And I really, I, I, I wanted to say, thank you for saying that. Right. Because especially when you're breaking generational patterns, especially when you're trying to do things a different way, like that in and of itself kind of puts you in this different, you know, unbalanced situation. And like you, when you're doing the bulk of the heavy lifting and emotional labor, it's a lot. And so learning how to co-parent, learning how to work with someone, um, you know, post-divorce, it's learning how to do that with somebody that you used to love and that, you know, isn't that person for you anymore. I'm so grateful that you have your person with you. But either way, we do have to learn how to really co-parent, especially when we don't necessarily agree all the time. So I'm glad you were so honest to talk about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, so, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and I love that you were pointing out the, the success stories because there are so many people out there even when, you know, for like my ex-husband and I, there were several years where it was not pretty, right? It was, I think we did, I will give us credit. We did a really good job of really holding um, boundaries and not fighting in front of um, our son. I've made it a point to never try to say anything negative about my ex. You know, we did do all of those things, but I will say now, like we, I was at hockey with him last night. We were cracking up in the stands. I mean, just like, and that's how we are every time we're together, laughing, you know, elbowing each other, like, you know, hugs, all those things. And it's, it takes work, but it's so possible. And the reason that you want to do the work is because it is the best thing for your children, just the best for them to be able to see, like, sometimes things don't work out the way you want, but they can still work out in a really beautiful way. And so I think this is a great conversation to start to talk about, like, how do we do that with that sort of end result and how do we back it up to today? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm excited to hear what you have to share 
about how to respectfully family manage and co-parent, um, whether it's with someone you used to love or someone you still love. Yeah. I think it'd be easier, yeah. but it, I think it's all just, <laughs> it can it's, all be just as complicated. Absolutely. You know, there's a few things that I think are really important and that I hold as sort of like tenets of, of what I believe. And there's three things that we really need to keep focused on. One is protecting your well-being, right? I know we've all heard sort of you can't pour from an empty cup or you got to take care of yourself first, put your own oxygen mask on. Listen, all those things are things we say because they're true, right? We really do have to protect our own well-being. But oftentimes what that looks like is learning how to speak up with conviction and compassion, how to hold boundaries that protect your peace, right? And so that's a huge part of it that we'll talk about. Learning how to cultivate calmness. This isn't making sure that everything is calm all the time, but learning how to have a greater sense of calm in your interactions, which gives you more clarity in your decision-making. And then how to really reclaim your freedom, right? This is something that I think so many women need is to learn how to say goodbye to the draining conflicts, to that argument that you have had 60 million times, to the patterns that you're like, how the heck did I get in that again when I said I wasn't going to, but we do, right? All of those things, we need to really learn how to, to say goodbye to so that we can welcome in the energy and the time for what really matters. And that's our children and you know, sort of raising them in the way that we want. So for me, I really work with clients in two, you know, in two steps, but first and foremost, learning how to get out of reaction and into responsiveness. I believe firmly in all of us learning how to take full responsibility in our lives. I respond, I define responsibility as respond, respond, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue tied, response hyphen ability. It is our ability to respond. We do that by learning how to regulate our emotions, our nervous system, how we learn to stay grounded so that we aren't reacting. I mean, Brittany, I'm sure that you can just look around like I can at the world and it seems like everyone is just reacting to anything, any little thing that happens. And I always know that I'm in reaction when I feel like I'm in a pinball machine. You know how like you get, the, the ball gets shot out on that long side and then all of a sudden is in this just death tunnel of lights and flashy things and paddles coming at them and then you get spit into a black hole and then put on the side to do it all over again. That's kind of how living in reaction, when you're just dealing with everything as it comes, but you're never feeling grounded. And this to me is the most important thing that we can address for family management, for a calm, happy life is to learn how to regulate our emotions and our nervous system so that we have the ability to actually take responsibility and choose how we're going to move forward. The second way that I think is really deciding and creating an intentional and actionable plan for collaborative co-parenting, right? And this means that you're going to stick to this plan no matter what the other person is doing. And this is really about deciding how do I want to feel? What are my values? What do I believe in? And how do I reverse engineer my actions to get me in that direction? It looks a lot like learning how to plan for the obstacles and the detours and have the strategies to navigate that. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I always find so entertaining and I do it in my own life, right? We know the obstacles and the detours that are coming our way. Like, you know, with your husband, what's the argument you guys are going to have? Like, what's the thing that's going to, you know, like we kind of know it yet. We're totally shocked every time it happens. We're like, I can't believe that just happened again for the 15th time today. (laughs) You know, when we start to get really honest with ourselves, and we start to navigate around these things, plan for them and navigate around them. It really changes the dynamic into a more collaborative setting. And then learning how to really have the support system to stay aligned and consistent with that. I mean, I think one of the hardest things I know about co-parenting after divorce is that you are suddenly parenting you know, all on your own. You're doing the same amount of work, if not more. You're doing... Um, you're now trying to be two parents instead of just one and you're doing it with less resources, right? And it's really, really challenging, but none of us were meant to raise children on our own, right? We are doing this in a, in a society, in a setting that is very much against how we are wired. And so we need community. That's why I love what you're doing here in this community is really helping people, right? have a space to talk about things and stay so that you can stay aligned. And I think support is one of the things we need most in community. So those are kind of like how I work with, that was just a lot. So I'm going to take a little breath here and see if you (laughs) have a question or thought. I don't think I have a question or thought yet. I'm just totally sitting here in agreement. Like, yes, yes. Like I've, I've the same thing, but applied it to something like totally different and like I know on here, we've done a couple episodes talking about like responding instead of reacting, mm-hmm. um, but the pinball analogy, that's spot on. That's new. I've never thought of it that way, but that's definitely how it feels. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You sometimes forget life that you're is- in control of your own life when everything feels out of control, but it's so much of it is like expected detours. Like, you know, you know, what's going to come and like, yeah. you know, sweep you off your feet and like knock you down but we still keep like running the same day over and over and over again and being surprised we're still exactly where we've been. Yeah. And a ton, I I, want to say it with a ton of compassion, right? Because we all do this and I do it myself, right? I, I have the same argument with my 13 year old son that I swear I'm not going to do. And 20 minutes in, I'm like, darn it, Mickey, there you went. Right. And so there is a three-step framework that I try my best to live by and that I teach teach my clients and is in um, my new book. But I really believe that these are the, the three steps um, to learn how to turn our chaos into calm. Now, I did not create these. I believe that there are universal truths. They're usually the simplest things. So what I'm about to say, you're probably like, I've heard this, right? And you probably have because it's all over because it's universally true. But there are three steps. And when we learn how to use these steps, we learn how to live and parent, excuse me, and co-parent in a different way. We learn how to adult, basically, is what it boils down to. But there is the first step is awareness. We can never change anything that we're not aware of, right? And that's that's the piece where it's like we live that pattern over and over, and then we continue to be surprised by it. Really, the more we can become aware of how am I feeling, what's actually happening in the situation, um, you know, becoming aware of our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, that is when we have the ability to change something, 
And so awareness is always the first step. And this is really where the reaction versus response responsibility comes in. Just knowing that you're triggered, you've already won, right? If you're willing to acknowledge it. And so it's like, oh, I'm triggered. Oh, I just yelled at my kids when I said I wasn't going to. Or, oh, I'm fighting with my husband and I said I wasn't going to. Or, oh, I'm in the nasty grand battle with my co-parent yet again. Here we go, right? Just knowing and being aware of that you are in reaction is the first step. Then once we're aware, now we can start to step over into the second step of the framework, which is agency. Agency is simply a fancy word for choice. I know that I'm the worst offender. I was just talking to a client a few minutes ago. How many times in a day do we say, I have no choice or I have to do this, right? I have to. They left me no choice. I have to do this. That is actually a blatant lie because we have choices. You may not like your choices, but we have choices. And so the more that we can learn to understand what choices we have available to us, the more empowered we're going to be. So the universe loves to make everything simple for us. And this is one of those areas. But there's only three options. And if you know of another one, Brittany, please tell me. I haven't figured it out yet. We can accept something. We can change it. Or we can leave it. Those are really our three options ever in any situation. And when I say accept, can I accept this situation exactly as it is and move on without any anger, resentment, or bitterness? Okay, if you can do that, right, fantastic, go do it, no problems. But oftentimes when we're in conflict with the other parent or the other co-parent, acceptance isn't something we can get to. When our kid is like completely melting down or is, you know, stealing the toy from the other kids, like, no, these things aren't things we're going to accept. Okay, so then we can go to the next one, which is change. This is not, can I change the other person or can I change the situation? Because we can't control or change anybody else. So change means, is there something that I can change within myself or behavior that would shift the situation? And if you can, great. Then you ask, do I want to? And if you do, fantastic. There, there's where you go. Um, if you can't accept and you can't change, well, now we have the third option, which is leave. And I know as like a co-parenting coach or people like you can't leave every marriage just because you're unhappy. And that's not what I'm suggesting. But to leave is figuratively, literally or energetically. And this I'm going to give you I'm going to walk through like an example here because I think examples are really helpful. But I mentioned like the, the text exchange. I'm not sure when we all decided as a society that text was the sole useful form of communication. Um, but I can say with all of my clients, somehow this is where we're at, right? Text is really hard, as you know, right? Because there's no understanding what the other person's saying. You can't hear emotion. You can't hear inflection. You can't see the person's body language. You're just sort of interpreting it based on how you're feeling. So the nasty gram cycle is something that I see a lot of uh, co-parents get into. Let's say I wanted to know if my co-parent, my ex, put um, little Billy's soccer shoes in his backpack because it's transition day. So I send a note and say, did you put the soccer cleats in the backpack? And I get a response back that says, 
I can't believe you. You are always blaming me. You're the worst person. You're the one who's disorganized, like blah, 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 blah. Right. And then there's me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to know if the soccer cleats were in there. Send. Right. And then now, now something else comes back. Now I'm mad. Now I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. You always do this. And I start. Right. So now we're in the cycle of where we're just reacting to one another. We're just in the spiral of this. At that point, as soon as I realize, oh my gosh, I'm in the text battle, right? My thumbs are tired. I'm, I'm in it. I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware I've been triggered. I'm aware that I'm in the middle of this text exchange. Now I can step into agency. Now I can step into what are the choices that I have? I can't accept that he's sending me these horrible things. I can't change that he's sending me these horrible things, but can I leave it? Yes, I can leave that conversation, you know, on a phone. Absolutely. And this might not sound like much, but I guarantee you when you have gone the rounds and rounds and rounds in these battles with the other co-parent, it's exhausting, right? A lot of nasty things are said, a lot more mess is created. So sometimes leaving it is the most important thing. And you can say, I'm not willing to continue this conversation until we can speak respectfully done, right? And you just leave. So then that takes you to the third step, which is aligned action. And this is where we learn to take 100% responsibility for our 50% of any given situation. Or in, you know, for a lot of my clients, it's like they're 50% of the co-parenting relationship. These are really the actions that you are going to take or not take with awareness, with purpose, and with intention to create the experience and the desired outcome that you want. Now, this doesn't mean that you get to change the other person, but it does mean that you get to start to show up based on your values, on what's important to you, what matters to you, and who you want to be. And so when we start to look at how, how we're acting in any given situation, how we're showing up as a mom, as the leader of the family, or in the co-parenting relationship, we can use these three steps to start to understand and simplify, like what's actually happening here? Where am I getting lost in the weeds of the emotion and the overwhelm and the frustration or, you know, the past? And where am I, you know, where can I really meet the present moment and move from there? And that's where all of our power lies. I always like to ask my clients, what time zone are you in? Are you in the past? Can't change it. It's already done. Are you in the future? No, no, because that doesn't exist either. And when we worry about it, it's just a prayer for more chaos. So if you can bring yourself to the present moment, that is where all of your power lies. And that's where you can learn to take full responsibility. And so that's, that's sort of the sweet spot, but we've got to be able to learn and to walk through these steps to be able to do it. Wow. And I feel like I'm unloading a lot on you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I love it. I'm taking it all in. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't think I even have anything to like add. I'm just so on board with everything that I'm hearing here. This is, this is juicy. This is good. This is helpful. Like wonderful, wonderful concepts and all that. Um, and I think one of the things that, and I'm curious if you uh, find this, um, you know, but one of the things that we really struggle with is, you know, as wanting to be a good mom, 
right? We want to be good moms. We want to be loving and caring and take care of everyone. Um, you know, I just wrote a book on people pleasing because I am a card carrying member and recovering people pleaser. But so many of us believe that, you know, being a good mom, right, is sort of really it rides the line of sacrifice for ourselves. But what I find more and more is that people pleasing can be really tricky because while we people pleasers are amazing because we're loving and accommodating and helpful and all the good things of being a mom and, you know, uh, someone who is caring for other people. But oftentimes we get too busy really trying to be the peacekeeper, trying to keep everybody happy, keep everybody calm, keep everybody peaceful. But what we end up doing is we just get so busy trying to keep the peace that we actually never experience any. And this is where the danger really lies, right? Like people please, being a people pleaser can be beautiful, but there's a shadow side of it when we're prioritizing other people at the expense of ourselves. And I think when we talk about co-parenting and we talk about sort of managing a family and how we do that with conviction and how we do that with love and grace and boundaries, a lot of it is really looking at what am I trying to do? Am I just trying to keep the peace or am I actually trying to create my own peace? And part of that is really about stopping the autopilot reaction and learning how to step into this responsibility to create your peace, which then creates peace around you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's reminding me. I am, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagrams. Mm. I'm a number nine, which is considered the peacekeeper. And I'm like, oh, that's just aligns with everything. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, I met with my mentor and she gave me a really great piece of advice that I'm reflecting on now, realizing, wow, I really took that to heart. And uh, um, that was to become the peacekeeper of your own soul. Mm, yeah. Took all that energy of trying to keep the peace between other people, things I can't control and put it towards what can I do to keep me at peace right now? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like it reflects out it changes the situation just by changing how you are, you know, sitting in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, peace, people pleasing when we do it, when it is sort of the negative side of it, it's really valuing what other people want over what's true and right for you, which I think is what she was talking about is that sort of keeping your peace in your soul. But when we're doing this, right, when we're just so busy trying to keep the peace of everything around us, we inevitably create more mess that we're going to have to clean up later, right? Because we're not making decisions that are aligned with our values. We're not saying, you know, we're saying yes when we really mean no. We're um, doing things for the other person, but really we're creating resentment and bitterness within ourselves. Or maybe we're trying to give and we overgive, hoping that then we will get it in return, right? And all of these things really just build up a lot of negative emotions for us that we're at, that we're going to have to clean up later, and they affect the decisions that we're making, right? Instead, we've got to really shift and learn how to concentrate on managing our energy emotionally, physically, our spiritual energy setting intentions, showing up, letting go of blame and resentment, you know, really sort of stepping in and saying yes, when you mean yes, and letting no be a no when it is. 
And part of that is really just, again, sort of learning how to slow down and decide, being aware, figuring out what choices you have, and then making the aligned choice towards the direction you want to go. And I think when it comes to family management and really doing that, you know, we moms are the driving force. I'm a firm believer, right? Mother nature is mother nature for a reason, right? We are the force that is really going to change things. And when we come from keeping our own peace, but doing it in a way to support and teach our children how to do that for themselves, this is the greatest impact that we're going to make. And so it's so crucial that we all start living in a more intentional, purposeful space, even when there's conflict, learning how to let there be conflict without needing to navigate everything, all the details, right? Like learning how to effectively communicate so that we can disagree, but still move forward, right? There's a lot of times like my, my ex and I, we don't agree on things, but I have to decide what's the battle I'm going to fight and what isn't, right? What am I going to let go of? What's really a hill that I'm going to like stake my claim on and what isn't. And when we start to do that more and more, we start to create more flexibility, more confidence within ourselves and more self-trust to be able to handle the big moments when they do come. Because there are things that you're going to need to really like go to go to bat for with, with your children in your home. But it really starts by learning how to keep your peace, by learning how to be less reactive and more responsive. I love that. We have covered a lot here today. <laughs> I am. Wow. Wow. It's so much. I have like a whole bunch of notes over here that I've been taking and I'm just, I'm loving this. I really am. Thank you so much for sharing this all with us, Mickey. Um, so where can my listeners work with you, find your book and uh, track down your podcast and all that? Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, the book is everywhere. Books are sold online. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of those places. It's called The People Pleaser's Guide to Co-Parenting Well. Um, I've gotten a lot of people saying like, I'm married, but I found it really useful. I mean, it really is, you know, uh, spoiler alert, adulting skills more than anything. Um, but there's that. My podcast is Co-Parenting with Confidence. Um, and then I have my website and Instagram, which are both my name, which is Mickey, um, M as in Mary, I-K-K-I, Gardner, uh, G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. So I'm there. And then I'm also on Instagram at Mickey Gardner. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, uh, thank you. And thanks for all you're doing and, and all the beautifulness you're bringing to the world. Thank you.